listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. All right, so we're back after our emergency instant recording earlier this week, uh, shortly after the news broke of us uh, cutting Leonard Fournette and a couple other transactions have taken place. And I think there's been a collective meltdown amongst the fan base and pretty much ridicule all over national media. There was some article I read that said that we're ranked the worst sports franchise in all of sports. So uh, what, what are you guys uh, feeling like right now after everything that's transpired? Um, you know, I want my team to win. I want our team to win. It's not going to happen this year. <laughs> yeah. But we, we, man, like Caldwell, man. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. We've been screaming it for three years now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling Dude. like week eight and it's not even week one yet. Like, I feel like the season's <laughs> already over with. That's a good I analogy. I feel like this is week eight. And we got one more week before I feel like we've either on whatever side of the bye week we are on right now. Let's just say the Jags just dropped an L in London. Now we've got a bye week. I've had a week <laughs> that I had to stew, stew on it. This is that's how I feel right now, bro. That's we, Bradley's coach. Yeah. And we, we, we haven't even played one football game yet. And I'm already exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, you actually had kind of a, and I know we might jump around a little bit here, but you, you kind of had a good theory. I thought that maybe doesn't make sense in practice, but the fact that the team is almost building up this stockpile of draft picks as if, uh, like you, I think you said Dave Caldwell is like sort of setting it up for his replacement or something. He's setting up for the, he's leaving it. He's leaving, leaving, an inheritance <laughs> like that's what it is bro he's like i don't i don't get it i don't understand how they have so much draft capital next year they have they the salary cap right now is just amazing they could pretty much sign whoever they wanted right now minus patrick mahomes but they could sign anybody that they, that they wanted right now um they've got complete you know just great draft capital and it's like this dude has got this built for next year's draft and you may not be here next year like you know you you gotta know at the end of the day you gotta think in the back of your mind that if this team goes like maybe zero and four out the gate zero and five out the gate somebody's gonna roll somebody's head's gonna roll out and i mean and and the fact and the fact and the thing too that i that i hope is called well first is because i get so tired of him pushing Doug out there to take these live shots from the media and just Doug has no explanation like you make a decision you roll him out there the only time you hear from the gm of this team is when he's trying to sell tickets at the at the state of this franchise or you hear from the VP of football operations, wherever they made Tom Coughlin, you hear from him when he's trying to sell tickets at the state of the union. And then there was a point where we just had to hear from Tom and he came out yelling at everybody like, like, like we were stepping on his lawn or something like that, bro. I'm tired of it, man. It's so aggravating. You know, crazy, crazy part is too, like everybody from fans, media, you know, I bet you the media that, that are there, they probably look like FBI interrogators. You know, they ask him a question and he, he says an answer. And, you know, I can imagine like Duraco's probably sitting there like, man, you lying. You lying. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. 
<laughs> like, nice try, you, you know. Um, and the crazy part is we, we, we touched on this a, a few minutes ago before we started recording, is you got all this draft capital, right? You got all these picks. If there was a year to have a lot of picks in the NFL draft and you really didn't want them, this would be the year because half the kids in college ain't playing. Okay, yeah, I know that, oh, well, most of the picks come from the SEC or, you know, all that other crap, but still doesn't matter. You would still want everything available, and you only got half of it. I, I just don't have get two it. Or, yeah, you might have two or three years of tape, but you, I'd rather have three or four years of tape. Point is, like, usually it's a good thing to have a lot of picks. This year, it's still a good thing, but – I would want 11 picks and not having your full arsenal of evaluating talent because pro days and, you know, team workouts and all that, that, that don't mean nothing, man. What, what gets these guys, what should NFL GMs look at, NFL GMs look at are, are the tape of these kids playing on the field. That's where they really evaluate if they, if they really want to take a second look at the kid, at the kid. And, they're going to have some limited – they're going to be limited this year. And every other team in the, in the league knows this. And every other team has done it a lot better than we have. So I can imagine we could screw this up. I, what what I don't get is how, how they weren't able to get a fifth-round pick for Fournette, who's had some pretty decent – I mean, say what you want about the guy. He's had some pretty mediocre – not, not, I won't even say mediocre. He's had some good production. I mean, last year, you know, 1,600 yards – as far as running back goes, he didn't score touchdowns worth of crap, but, you know, that's not his fault. That's, you know, either he had to break one or Doug was trying to, you know, throw slants at the goal line or anything else like that. But you get a fifth-round pick for Ronnie Harrison, and he's had three picks. Three, three, and t- not just three picks last year. He only had two last year. He had three total picks his entire career as a safety. I don't get it. You know, it's – I still – you know, and I have my own opinions, but all the other teams know that, uh, you know, how our front office is a joke. All the other teams know that, you know, it was more of a, not a personnel issue with the offense, but more of a personnel that he doesn't get along with a lot of the guys, you know, um, that still has, you know, that's been told, but we don't know, we don't know that for sure. The team will never announce that. And the, the other 31 teams knew. So they're like, you know what? That's going to implode anyway. So we'll just sit back and wait. It, it's it, that, that goes to what I was saying at the little uh, 15 minute or we did the other day is we just got so much leaks and so much crap coming out of our, that locker room that it, they, they're in no competitive position to do anything. You know, Oh, the Jalen Ramsey trade, they got two first round picks. Well, when Jalen Ramsey shuts his mouth, he's actually pretty good. When he shuts his mouth. So that was a no-brainer. Everybody else, you know, you run, what do you run for, 19 touchdowns in three years or something like that? Is that right? Something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it something makes, like bro, that. It makes yeah. no sense. Man. And, and to cut him, yeah, it's, 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 it gives you a damn migraine trying to figure out what Caldwell's up to. So. But it makes it makes no sense though, because I mean he and unless he's insane and really thinks that he's going to be here next year, <laughs> he thought that two years ago and he's still here. Can tell I don't know what Dave. I don't know what to think about when it comes to the ownership. I mean, where are they at? I, I feel like a lot of the other NFL teams, you have a lot more engagement from the ownership. You hear from them more. 
you know, I think there was a statement that Shad Khan had the other day that they put out about voting or something. But I mean, where is where is anything related to football? I, it just seems like there's such a disconnect, and I just get the feeling they just don't care. Bro, if this football team was a bumper, he'd be out of business so quick. <laughs> 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 if, if, this, if this football team was a bumper boy, man, I tell you what. Isn't it weird, though, how the perception of them has changed over time? Remember how fanatical and happy everybody was when, when he became the owner? And even not even that many years ago, everybody was excited about all the development and everything. And it just seemed like ever since they announced that second London game, that's kind of like my – my bookmark from where I can remember that everything just has gone completely downhill since then. It was downhill for me when they put the teal hot dog buns in the stadium. Yeah, that was, was bad. Like, you know what? This guy's, this guy's got some tricks up his sleeve and I don't like this one. Yeah. Well, that just <laughs> d- diverted attention to other things like wrestling leagues and all that sort of stuff. I mean, really the only thing we can hope for at this point is that they use one of those draft picks to, uh, you know, maybe trade for a set of batteries for JK three. Uh, that that would so you want the smoke detector in my, or do you want a dog park? <laughs> like like that, that that's what you get with with Khan. Like well we need we need we need we need better players on the field. I'm gonna put this dog park in the stadium. <laughs> it's well, really, it's really unreal if you think it, a way to think about it if you want. And this sounds horrible, but is it just that? he's oblivious and you have all these people mismanaging his money and all these ridiculous ways, like the dog park, like, you know, the general manager that hasn't performed for God knows how many years now. I mean, is he just really disconnected to the point that he's just got the absolute wrong people running every aspect of the organization? Like, like Derek, like you mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, see, and as far as the general manager goes, General manager, you have to manage, and he's done a poor job of managing. I hate that he has drafted and you know, and drafted well. I mean, he's drafted well, very well. And the mismanagement of the players, the mismanagement of the contracts, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, everyone in this city, and, I, and I'll be the first person to tell you, I loved Blake Bortles when he was there. I loved him for the community. I loved him on the field. Uh, I mean, not really on the field, but I loved him, you know, for, for the, the, the nucleus of the team. I, lo- I, 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 was a, I was a Blake fan. But when you pay him the amount of money you paid him in the offseason only to just make him take a back seat to Nick Foles, I mean, you can't you you can't help the the Nick Foles injury that like that that's one thing he can't help you know. But then you're paying Miles Jack like top three middle linebacker or top five middle linebacker money. He doesn't even play middle linebacker. <laughs> like why why are you paying him? Why why are you pay, like he could have waited? You you should have sold up your 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 all pro corner. I don't care what you say about him, about his mouth and all this other stuff. He was in the league for four. He's been in the league for four years. He's been a, been to the Pro Bowl three times. Yeah, he's going to play somewhere. Pro, so why been not an All Pro twice, right? Same thing with Ngakwe. Ngakwe, you know what? Hey, come on in. Let's figure this out. Let's talk. How how do we make this situation better? 
I mean, is it really you're 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 so hell bent on not paying this or not overpaying your own players, but you will overpay free agents that come into the the team. Like it just it makes make it make sense. How do you not want to pay and take care of the players that you drafted and grow it to to be a homegrown player? And you don't want to overpay him. He's already put in the work here. He's already outbeat, you know, the first round draft pick. You know, he beat Dante Fowler out. Granted, you know, Fowler had that injury, but still he he proved then he was making at one point he had like a strip sack for every every you know, every game it was almost he had a strip sack or something something ridiculous like that. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He's a man of very few words, but you don't want to pay him. But instead, you got your owner's son out here arguing with this dude on Twitter, and you don't want to overpay him because overpaying mm-hmm. him, he's not worth $22 million. You're going to pay him almost 19 but he's not worth $22 million. So what? Make him the highest paid player. It makes no sense. I don't understand why teams are they're scared to set that bar. It's going to go up next year. Right. I almost forgot about mm-hmm. the Nick Foles thing. <laughs> that kind of Dude, just got swept it, under it, the it, rug. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go up next year, and now you've got a running back that you that you drafted in the first round who's gone. You've got um, – All the first corner. round picks are gone yeah. except C.J. Henderson, right? And then you still got Taven. Oh, and Taven. 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 That's right. Taven. Oh, we love, we, we love what Taven's doing. And every Jaguar fan that that's watches these games, again, you love what Taven's doing. What is Taven doing besides eating? What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? Getting washed up in 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 the middle, like like what is what is he doing? Hey, and then from a, you know, you talk about management um, and that aspect of his role that he's not really doing a, a good job of. The team culture is part of that, and you've got we were looking at it the other day. You've got C.J. Henderson, the guy you just drafted, you know, commenting on the Fournette news as if he's supportive of the fact that players are trying to get off the team. That's crazy. And that's super disheartening as a fan. And you have got to sew that up. There's a level of respect that you have to have for your front office as a player. I've never been a player. Don't plan on the being one, you know, obviously uh, I'm just a fan, just like everybody else, but there still has to be a level of respect at any place of employment. I don't care how you want to put, how you want to twist it. And they don't have that at all. Like the, the the foundation has been set, you know, they can, you know, players can get in front of the media and say what they want to say. And they probably got a decent level of respect for Doug Marone. I could see that, but they're probably sitting there shaking their heads and scratching their heads. Like, no, wait a minute now. Like if you so big and bad to cut Fournette to, to cut Leonard, how come you ain't get in front of the mic and say it yourself? If you want to trade Ronnie, like, why don't you why don't you say it yourself? You know? No. It's Doug, you go up there. I make the decisions, but you gotta talk to the media. To me, that's 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 a sign of, you know, what I say, mama's blanket the other day. That that's a sign of a of a weak individual. Um that's you know, that that's that's crazy. And if you don't think that the players don't see that, oh, they see it all right. And they're kind of just sitting there like, okay, we know what kind of person he is. When it's my extension time coming, I'm going to ask for the bank or they can trade me and get me out of here. Like, that's what, we've, that's what we've become. And I don't know why Khan has, you know, if he cares so much about the product on the field, why don't he do something about it? It's almost like, well, he's had great drafts. 
Okay, yeah. Heart surgeons make great cuts when they're going and do surgery, but they don't know how to finish it. All right. Yeah. Let's, hey, we know how to cut that ca- chest cavity open and get to the heart. But when it comes to fixing it, oh, hell, man, you got to get somebody in here. I don't know what to do. That's what it's like. It's like, come on now. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. My, well, as far as the culture shift and the way that you sew that up, it, it, it goes from top down. You have to clean house. You literally have to get the conductor of the the crap, the the person who's creating the culture, and to get everything, you got to get them out. Everyone's got to go. So as soon as you know, Shad, whenever he you know comes back or whatever he's whoever he's got running the team right now when he's not here or whatever he sees, he's got to see this outside noise. He's he has to, and it's got the change has to come swift and it's got to come from the top. You know, you've eliminated Tom Coughlin. So you, you've eliminated that scapegoat. Now, the next person that's probably going to go, if this team goes 0-5, you know, 1-4, you know, something like that out the gate, or if they got a very, very losing, losing record at the bye week, which they probably will have, Doug's going to be the first person to go. Ben McAdoo is going to step in and be the offensive or be the, be the interim head coach because he has head coaching experience. And then – Next year, come, you know, I don't know, what, January, February, when the season's about to end, and the Jags are going to be inter- are interviewing for these head coaches and everything, you know, then Caldwell's going to go. So then Caldwell is going to be gone, and then that's when you begin the search. That's what's going to happen. And I'd go ahead and parlay that, that that's going to happen, with them hiring Ben McAdoo to be the head coach of the Jags because that's what, that's what the Jags do. They don't. They don't push the envelope on anything. They're conservative. They're. They don't push the envelope. They don't have any risks at all, and it, it just leads to not. I wouldn't even say, uh, you know, mediocre. It's. It's just bad at this point. It's terrible. It's terrible, man. Like it. it like I'm so glad I don't have season tickets this year. <laughs> I'm so glad. I mean, I'm literally, bro. I I'd rather sit at home and at least in the air conditioning and drink my own beer than to to go there and, and watch an L. I may go tailgate, but honestly, man, it, it it's just it's it's bad. It's so bad. You know, another thing too is with with Caldwell. He was a scout under Polian for years, and then you know he had that year, a couple years in Atlanta. And then um, he, you know, now the, the the GM, he really didn't have the, you know, like whether if it's the assistant GM title, or you know, most most guys they're they're, they're kind of known throughout the circle of of people that can, uh, you know, evaluate talent, and the name just kind of, you know, never stuck, you know, whether if it's, you know, president of player personnel or you know assistant GM, you never really heard anything about that. So he, he was a scout I and mean, he probably was on his way. So that may have been a, you know, hire that they just jumped the gun too quickly. You know, he was half trained to do the job and he's doing a half job, a half blank job. Um, you know, so I just, gosh, beating it like a, you know, uh, beat, beating it to a drum. Everybody knows he wants to go. He needs to go. Everybody wants him to go. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Well, you kind of alluded to it shortly ago, that uh, or I guess before we recorded, that we have a game coming up pretty soon, right? I mean, it's next week. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Next week. Against the so, Colts. So, I don't, you know, 
Philip Rivers, he uh, <laughs> notoriously was, you know, beat the crap out of us every time we played him, as far as I can remember. Um, you know, we probably won't get too much into preview right now because it's still a little bit early. The game's not until the 13th, and we're recording this on the 3rd. But, um, you know, any thoughts around the uh, the opener? I guess fans are invited. They can come. It's just capacity limits at this point and restrictions. I don't, I, I don't know if there, you know, are going to be a lot of fans. I mean, I would assume so because, you know, everybody wants something to do, but it's going to be hot as all get out. <laughs> so we've already yeah. talked about that. Are you really going to go down there? You already got to wear a mask. You know, you got the pandemic going on and it's going to be 95 degrees. Oh, and the team just dumped two starters, you know, and three starters technically. Um, am I going to go down there? Uh, some some of my uh, some of my friends coworkers I've talked to they they have no interest in going down there. One of my buddies is like I got a pool and a TV in my backyard. Why why am I going to go down there? But Another there's pools like, in the stadium. <laughs> yeah uh-huh, yeah COVID pool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know you wear a mask and that crap. But yeah, it's just it, the excitement's not there. Like like JK three just said, he already feels like it's the bye week and we got Tennessee on the road coming up. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't that and, suck? I mean, doesn't yeah, that really yeah. suck? Yeah, man. Like you have no. If that's the expectation, yeah. If that's the expectation, uh, you know, the, the feeling that you put out as an organization, yeah. If you got a couple fans, oh, what do you know? You're just fans. No, that's what we are. We are fans. We pay money for a product. We don't want pools. We don't want a dog park. We don't want the local band or whatever playing at the, you know, the Thursday before to get us hyped up for the season, we can trade all that in for a win. (laughs) Okay. I just, I just want to win. And you got, you know, players on the team that are, you know, majority of them are probably, you know, practicing their hearts out, Mm -hmm. but the front office needs to be doing their job and making sure that they're in the right frame of mind to, to win. And, 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 and on top of that, man, to echo to echo that, winning like if they're because we're back on this culture, you know, stuff where I know uh, Marone has mentioned it a couple of times, and this is going down that Gus Bradley pathway. And what <laughs> what what fixes culture is winning. Like mm-hmm. when this team was winning, and like not even when they were like 20, 2018, 2018, or excuse me, twenty twenty sixteen, they lost some games, but they lost some barn burners. They lost some very close games, and they were competitive in the in the in those in those games. You didn't hear anything about culture then. They were com- they were pretty competitive in 2016, 2017. What they were literally out here posing for pictures, you know, uh, doing all these crazy you know pics. Everybody was running to the end zone. Everyone was dancing, you know, all sort of stuff. Crazy culture, right? You're winning, mm-hmm. so no one cares about culture then. No one cares about that. Right. You know, because you're winning. Winning cures all. And then all of a sudden now, 2018, you didn't hear that word, that culture stuff kind of getting thrown around until maybe towards the end of it, uh, of 2018. And then that's when the wheels really started falling off the wagon. That's when, you know, the when, when Telvin got let go or te- when Telvin decided to do whatever he decided to do. That's, <laughs> yeah. really, that's, that's literally, you can pinpoint it. That's really when it went downhill from there. 
Like, it's just, I don't get it, man. But the only way you can change this culture and the only way you can flip that around is when you start winning games. That's the only thing you're going to be able to do. Like, you have to, you you have to, as an owner, Shad Khan, Shad Khan really just needs to understand or really think, am I, am I going to become, am I going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars or are we going to be, I mean, shit, I don't even want to say the Cleveland Browns because, I mean, we're, we're at that level right now as far as some of the stuff that we're doing, as far as some of the, the, the way the team is being ran. Well, like I said, there was an article that was getting passed around the other day that said we were the worst franchise in all of sports. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that how does that not make his desk and he feels completely embarrassed about that? All of sports? All of sports. All of sports. Like every yeah, all sport. of sports. Mm-hmm. So you're trying mm-hmm. to tell me that the Vancouver Canucks are a better yep. <laughs> better mm-hmm. ran organization yes. the, the la the la sparks are a better run oh. organization. oh man some would argue the there's uh, the jacksonville jumbo shrimp here in town are a better run organization um i mean i don't mean to sound like a jerk about it but it's just you know the guy is the second richest owner in the league behind the uh the panthers owner and uh Wait, you know, he he's not. Wait, you probably you maybe third. Jerry's got to be up there. No, he's he's higher than Jerry. He got more money than Jerry. Mm-hmm. He's close to first. The uh, whatever the guy's name is from Carolina, who's like one of those uh, Wall Street guys, is first. But wait, Shad so Khan's, you're, you're really you're telling me that Shad Khan has more money than Jerry Jones? Oh yeah, for yep. sure. It's wow. David Tepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's barely barely behind. I mean, he's probably going to end up in first not too long from now. He's like the uh, he's at least in the fifties most rich person in in the um, U.S. Maybe or something like that. He's up there. I mean, he's a wealthy guy. So, so what's keeping him from putting a winning product on the team? That's what I'm saying. I I don't think. Is it like like, is he just have just supreme trust in David Caldwell? No, I think that he's if it's if you're looking at it from a financial perspective, his investment's been great. I mean, he he bought the team for what was it like seven hundred million dollars, which sounds insane nowadays, and we're worth what like a couple billion dollars now. I mean, his investment financially is great. It, the product on the field hasn't mattered because, as far as I know, I mean, how many winning seasons have we had since he's been the owner? Um, one. <laughs> one. I mean, think about that. He bought the team in uh, what was it, two thousand eleven? And we have one winning season, but he went from seven hundred sixty million to billions of dollars in, in wealth. Why would he care? So you know he'll do his um, you know annual you know speech that we've done many times now with Caldwell as the GM that you know winning matters, and these guys know if we don't win that you know they know what the outcome is, and it doesn't matter. They end up back every single time, and it's the same charade over and over and over again. So, you know, that's what I mean is I don't I just don't see the engagement from the ownership. And if there's no engagement from the ownership, you know, what do you expect? I mean, the successful teams, you see engagement. Mm-hmm. It, it's so hard to explain because, you know, as fans, we're passionate and you don't see that same passion coming from the, you know, the ownership box. Um, it, it's just, it, gosh. It's, it's so tough to describe without actually, you know, coming out and outright just, you know, start bashing them. You yeah. know? Um, but it, I tell you what, I, I just, you know, hey, 
because of the times we're in, I'm just excited to see something besides uh besides the NBA. You know, I haven't watched really much NBA during the playoffs and uh I watched a little bit of baseball, more baseball than NBA actually. And to have the season coming up next week, I am excited for about that. So it'll be, you know, hopefully just squeeze out a win or something. Who knows? Maybe we we can. I got my fingers crossed. I'll go play some scratch off tickets and and see if I can get lucky. Um, if we get you know bombed like forty to nothing, then I'll you know, I'll throw them away. Uh, but I think the hardest part too is that like, we haven't been able to really see like so whenever the whenever there is an announcement or like a player has been moved, you know it's kind of really hard to sell the fans on it because the fans haven't really people haven't seen it. All we have to do is rely on, you know, what's what's being said in the mainstream media about the team and, you know, some of the inside the beat beat reporters. So, I mean, the the the, the actual the 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 casual Jaguar fan doesn't know who Chris Thompson is. They just know Fournette's gone. You know, they don't they don't know who I mean, even the only only reason why people probably know who LaVisca Chenault is is because they've been talking about him being such a wide frame. And they probably heard us say it, but, you know, no one knows who that is. Uh, I mean, and then as far as the, the the Ronnie Harrison situation goes, I mean, Josh, was it Josh Jones? Mm-hmm. Well, no somebody knows who that is either. Well, that's the thing. Think about it. Like, I, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter, non-Jaguars fans and media national people that were joking that they couldn't name one person on the team at this point. Um now those are national people, and then you think about Jacksonville, which is a small town that isn't nearly as engaged engaged in it as any other NFL town. Think about how that plays in a city like this. Like you just said, nobody. What's there to get excited about? Right. There's just it's it's just a bunch of placeholders right now. It really yeah. is, and and that's mm-hmm. why that that's why I really think that it's going to be tough. This season's going to be man. This season's going to be tough. I think as far as the talent goes on the team, I think there is some talent, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to watch on Sundays, in my opinion, just because you don't have you don't have anyone to root for. You don't have players to root for. Um I mean you've got your Minshew, you've got your charts. Um but other than that, man, I think this I think the secondary, in my opinion, and and after listening to um, you know, Jamal that was on uh, a couple weeks ago, secondary just looks unbelievable, man. It's gonna be so it's gonna be so hard watching these guys go up against. I mean, just some of the talent in the NFL. You got to think some of the teams that we're playing are are. I mean, the schedule is not gonna be nice to us, man. Like it's not. When you look at <laughs> we 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 think about that. I'm sitting there nah, like bro. going through my head, and I'm like, all right, so we play the. You know, our own division, you know, we, we, we haven't been able to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, Philip Rivers, Rivers is owned us forever. <laughs> yeah, he, and he's in Indianapolis. He averages uh, like five uh, touchdowns a game against us. I mean, Houston until the last five minutes of the game. The, the most competitive that I can see this team, you know, probably being against is, you know, Thursday night against the Dolphins, um, the Bengals. That next week, right there, um, the Lions, and pretty much maybe the Browns, depending on injuries and all other stuff, maybe four wins. 
maybe four, but everything else, bro, everything else is Colts, Titans, Texans, Chargers, Texans, Packers, Packers, Steelers, Vikings, Ravens. I mean, Bears, maybe. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be pretty, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough year for the Jags. I really think that, man. This thing got so depressing towards the end. <laughs> hey, I mean, we don't we don't make the decisions, but you got to think everybody else is feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been feeling the same way. Like first yawn, and then you know because you 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 knew yawn you knew the yawn thing was going to happen. So I wasn't really too like I was I wasn't too like surprised by that. But then the Fournette thing, man, it just kind of really just. I really didn't see that one coming. And then the Ronnie Harrison thing, I mean, granted, most of the league doesn't know who Ronnie Harrison is, but he's still a starter. And so now you're going to throw somebody out there that, you know, hasn't have a a lick of NFL experience, you know, against Phillip Rivers week one. I hope I'm wrong. That's what it is. it's, it's It's a reverse psychology thing. I'm talking all this crap about the Jags and they'll go like, they'll, they'll, Go seven and nine and get the seventh spot in the in the in the playoffs. No, no laughs. <laughs> no, that's no. probably not going to happen. No. Actually, it'll be worse. We'll win just enough games to not get a high draft pick. You know, what yeah. I mean? that, that's how it plays out for us. Dude, we'll win. We'll win five. Ga- we'll we'll win four games and be right out of the right out of the sweepstakes for like Trevor Lawrence <laughs> or some of the other guys. Or not even Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, Travis Etienne, like the running back or something. And then just, yeah, and with the with the first pick, the Jaguars select uh, offensive lineman from Monmouth University. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You know, I had a friend of mine text me a couple uh, couple days ago, and he, he was like, man, we've got the picks that we can trade them all and get, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I'm like trade all of them he goes well not all of them obviously but the chunk that we need to move up to that top spot bro you know how much you know how many draft picks it's going to take to move up to the first number one pick you have to mortgage your entire franchise for that basically and you're assuming the team that's also horrible that has the first pick is not going to want trevor lawrence you know what i mean like that's right kind of naive but yeah i'm tired of hearing the name trevor lawrence to be honest with you yeah, it, it, and I'm probably you know, stupid to even say this, but is he 100% sure coming out? Yeah, he's got nothing left to prove in college. Yeah, I heard them talking is about he, that the other morning on the radio. Yeah, is he 100% sure that he's going to come out? Because he's, he's not your average kid. You know, he doesn't need the money. You know, he's not, that's not his focus. Um we 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 we'd end up we'd end up for the first pick, Derek, and then he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stay." Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's he's gonna it's, he's gonna have the he's gonna have the CJ Henderson thing where he's just like, Shh. <laughs> "It has happened before." Remember, Eli didn't want to play for the Chargers. Elway didn't want to play for the Colts. There have been there have been players that have you know coming out of college. Yeah, they're college kids, and what do they know about the NFL besides you know they're about to be drafted? But they're like, "No, I'm not going there." But it's no. crazy. It's crazy you say that. And those, the, the, like Eli Manning, has had you know a, a Hall of Fame year or a Hall of Fame career. He's going to the Hall. He, be, I mean, as much as he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, and that trade kind of you know moved Drew Brees from San Diego to New Orleans, 
and look where he is now. You can't even imagine Drew Brees playing for any other team. Mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, like you got Justin Fields. Oh well, we'll just get Justin Fields too. You know, if if that doesn't work out, it's like well, you, you know, as much as those guys have put up you know those, those numbers in college. And you're like, oh, he's a lock, and you know he torched Alabama's defense a couple times, or whatever, you know, or, you know, and what, however you want to spin it, it's still not a guarantee. Trubisky was us. Trubisky was a lock. <laughs> yeah, Trubisky was a lock, and look what happened. Yeah, look, look what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, Foles came down here to take Bortles' spot, and look who's playing quarterback for us now. Nothing's guaranteed. So, um, I don't wish that you know. You know, Trevor Lawrence, when he does come out, I don't wish him to do bad. I hope he plays well. But, like, just tanking is just, you know, that's, that's a big risk because you can, you, can you can end up in the tanks so, for years. <laughs> Which we already are. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, hey, we'll go continue to be – just throw another cinder block down. And we'll, yes. st- we'll stay down here. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a great positive discussion. Uh, we'll uh, try to uh, maybe do some you know, prep work for the first game, uh, hopefully uh, shoot for someone. Because I know in years past, we've tried to have uh, someone from the market of the opponent that we're playing on the podcast just to give some insights and maybe some stuff that we wouldn't consider or think about. So we'll try to do our best to do that. But if you guys could – Leave us a rating and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we added a couple five-star reviews last week. We appreciate it. But um, nothing written. We like when you write stuff and make us feel good about ourselves. So uh, please do that if you leave a review. And, uh, again, we're on Spotify now as well. Um, so if you guys could check us out, subscribe, follow us on Spotify. And otherwise, we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.